best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today, Tabby will be teaching me about the Italian mafia. I am so excited. And also, uh, if you are Italian and you know more about the mafia than I do, I apologize. (laughs) Disclaimer, um, we are not (laughs) experts on anything that we talk about. (laughs) I got this from history.com and Wikipedia. Hell yeah. So remember in elementary school when they're like, Wikipedia is not a reliable source. I mean, it's never done me wrong. So exactly. I'm saying anyway, I had exactly what I was looking for in this particular example. Use it all the time when I'm learning about things. So for the Italian mafia, the reason we're doing this is because the Maid series, the books that we are covering right now, do cover a lot about the different types of mafias and mobs. And I think it's important to know what they're talking about and who they're talking about and how they play a role in this organization. Um, because in the future, we may also be covering other mafia novels, who's to say. This is just going to make sure that you're not confused when you're reading this. So... What I'm going to do first is cover the hierarchy and roles of the Italian Mafia. God bless. And the first one that we will start with is the boss or the Don. And so they are the head of the family and kind of like the dictator of everything. So like everyone reports to them. They make all the decisions like financially, like what they're investing in, like who they have brought on. And so they're kind of like the head honcho. Um, next we have the underboss. And so they are appointed by the boss and they're deemed like the second in command. So Mm -hmm. usually this is either like a family member or a close friend. And typically they are going to be next in line for the boss. Um, so they kind of handle some of the things that like the boss isn't able to, Um, like the vice president. Yeah. So next we have, this is the one I'm going to butcher. Um, next we have the consigliere. They are an advisor to the family. Usually they're like the right-hand man, but not the second in command, the right-hand man of the boss. Okay. Um, so the they're boss like needs more than one man. Yeah. He's got eight hands. Yeah. Um, so they're like the mediator between other families. And they also usually are the ones that will like run like the financial operation. So they like keep track of the money and like stocks and everything. So they're the ones that like create contracts between families, like marriage contracts, alliance contracts, stuff like that. Interesting. And then underneath that, you have the capo or the capo regime. Um, so the capo is appointed by the boss and they are usually the ones who will run a crew or a group of soldiers. They're responsible for various protection or like running tasks, basically. So they're like the hired muscle. Okay, but Um, they're, like, in charge of their own little group, their own little squad of men. So there can be, like, multiple capos. Okay. But there can only be one boss, one underboss, and one consigliere. Okay, makes sense. Underneath the capo, you have the soldier, and they are an inducted member of the mafia. Um, So they traditionally have to be from a full Italian background. So normally that's going to be, like, the second sons or, like the younger sons of like prominent families that don't have like higher up positions. Okay. And then underneath a soldier, you have an associate. So the associates are non-members of the mafia who work for a crime family. So those are going to be like your non-Italians that are still partnered with the mafia families. Okay. So and they like Christian. 
Yeah, and they're they just kind of work with them, but they don't necessarily just they're work not for part them. of they're not part of the mafia. Yeah. And so this like hierarchy that exists, does it exist for every family that is a yes. mafia family? Okay. Yep. I'm with you. This is like the the hierarchy. So this is for the American mafia, uh, which stemmed from the Sicilian mob, which I'll talk about here in just a minute. So like the Sicilian mafia may have a different hierarchy, but the Italian American mafia follows this guideline. And that's typically what I think we're more familiar with and what media tends to focus on. Yes. So a little history about the mafia. It's also known as the mob or the Cosa Nostra, which the Cosa Nostra didn't come around until like the 1930s when um, a soldier from the Luciano, like Lucky Luciano, um, Mm -hmm. one of his soldiers took on a role in a mafia movie and it was titled La Cosa Nostra, which means um, like one of ours or something like that. And so they didn't know what the Cosa Nostra meant before that soldier kind of like spilled the beans on it. Oh. So that was not like a widely known title, but it was initially formed by Sicilians that migrated to the United States in the late 19th century. And so they were still part of the Sicilian mafia until like the 1920s where they became more independent and like kind of broke off from them because they do run things differently in the okay. two different ones. So it actually was initially not a, cr- a criminal organization. They were just people who were really wary of central authority. So like they didn't always agree with like their local authorities about how things were run. And later on, they started extorting money from landowners in exchange for protection. And so then in the 1920s, they kind of expanded into bootlegging. So they started like creating their own morals and their own like codes to live by. They started like developing this hierarchy. And so um, bootlegging during the prohibition was really like their first like introduction into organized crime, which it was really giving me like great Gatsby vibes because that's kind of what Gatsby did too. He's a bootlegger. Yeah. And it's funny because like, that kind of seems like something that it obviously like they needed to make money. So that's like the motivation there. But also it seems like pretty harmless because yeah. they're like prohibition was honestly stupid to begin with. Like it shouldn't have happened. No. Um, And so I think everyone was like, this is not like a wrong thing to do. Like technically it's against the law, but it didn't feel like it was like sacrificing their morals and yeah you know what I mean and no exactly and so then from the 1950s to the present which the 1950s I think is where we're going to get a lot of like your like stereotypical mafia members because like they were still very much like your old Sicilian mafia like wearing the suits and the pinstripes and whatever so they started getting involved in like loan sharking they opened like prostitution rings they kind of got into like some scandalous type things but a lot of people also got into like 
non-criminal organization so like they got into like construction and the garment industry and so they do have very legitimate businesses that also run as friends for a lot of illegitimate businesses yeah a lot of laundering and and so you will see a ton of construction and garment companies under prominent names okay which i thought was very interesting and you know okay this is like this is not related specifically to this topic, but something that I've always thought is like totally a money laundering front at this point is like mattress a mattress store. Yes. Yes. Because you just don't need to sell that many mattresses. A hundred percent. There's so many mattress stores <clears throat> here in this town of like 80,000 people. It doesn't matter. I feel like mattress stores, laundromats, and um like shit like that like those are all friends car washes yeah we got a lot of car washes that's true seems a little unnecessary yeah like shit like that like i'm sure they're all friends for something so i also want to talk about the mafia in the media because there is a lot of stereotyping that goes down in media so primarily like in film and tv you started off with like in the 1930s with like Scarface. Um, I think that really was one of the big ones that introduced people to what the Italian mafia is. Um, and then later on, they developed movies like The Godfather, which is like a mafia staple. And then TV shows like The Sopranos. And mm-hmm. so while there are some accurate things about the movies and TV shows. There's a lot of things that are like dramatized. Um, so I really feel like earlier movies were probably more accurate than like later movies were because you were getting people who were basically like giving inside secrets to like what actually goes down. And they probably weren't involved in like as many like shady things as they are now. Yeah. Um, but I feel like later depictions were dramatized just so that they were more marketable like you want to see people who kind of like cross the line between like what's acceptable and like what's not acceptable and so like you can get away with some things but there's some stuff that's just like not gonna fly in any society and so I think that's kind of what you see a lot in like tv and movies now but that's really not what happens like it's still a crime syndicate but like they do try to keep things more low-key yeah. That's why you don't hear about it ever. Right. Because, like, that's how you stay afloat is right. by remaining low-key. So, I mean, all very good movies, but it is a very big, like, step away from, I think, what actually happens in the Mafia. Yeah. Um, it's had a little Hollywood facelift. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do also think uh, literature has taken a lot of influence from like the mafia scene so recently in the past just like 10 years um mafia novels have become very popular and especially now with like book talk and everything mafia romance is like one of the leading romance genres um and there are hundreds of titles that specifically relate to the mafia and again like some of it may be relatively accurate but I feel like a lot of it is not some examples are like the Bade series which I think might be a little dramatized Mm -hmm. um the Monsters and Muses series so the first one's called Promises and Pomegranates and they touch a little bit on like mafia families and then the one that I think might be 
probably the most accurate is the Brutal Birthright series. It's by Sophie Lark. And one thing that I do really love about Sophie Lark is that she does her research. Okay. And while it is heavy on like the mafia families and like they also touch on like the Polish mafia, the Irish mob, like a bunch of different stuff, like she tries to make it like as realistic as possible, which okay. I think is super, super cool. And I haven't read those yet, but I love Sophie Oh my Lark, God. So. They are 10 out of 10. Yeah. They're amazing. But yeah. <laughs> so that's just a little insight into. The Italian Mafia, now that you know, you can take that and apply that to what you're reading and kind of be able to pinpoint what's dramatic and what's not. Yeah, I'm going to use this knowledge every day for the rest of my life. So I, I figured. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, like, I, I love learning about random, like, new things. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if I sent you this meme earlier. I, I don't think I did, but let me just read it to you. So <clears throat> it says... Hey, sorry, I can't come out tonight. I need to research an incredibly specific and random topic alone in silence for hours on end for no reason at all. And that hits home. That, that is so really, true for me. Yeah, that hurt it a little bit. I have ADHD and I can't help it. Yeah, I get a little bit hyper-focused on things, especially whenever I should be doing something specific that has like a deadline. I'm like, no, I'm going to do something completely unrelated. But you know what? That has helped me so much with our trivia team that I'm not even complaining. Yeah, honestly, you kick ass at trivia. So like hidden skills. Yeah. If you ever like were on some kind of game show or something, like who wants to be a millionaire? Like you probably could win a lot of money. I think so. I'd love to try. There's um, actually, (laughs) I love how we've gone here, but I cannot remember the name of the game show, but basically you go on it with a partner. So one partner is up in a room like they're they're by themselves, but they're answering trivia questions. So that would be you. I would be the partner out front who's determining whether or not I think you're going to get that question right. And so then like based on whether like I think you're going to get certain answers right, like I'm trying to win us like certain amounts of money. You know, like it's kind of like a betting game, but you're up there like answering trivia and I would be down there. Interesting. Yeah. But I would be like, she's she's fucking got it, man. Especially if a question comes up about the Cosa Nostra, I'd be like, Like, I fucking got it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's apply that. Let's try to get on there. Yeah. Let me look up what that game is called. I really would love to put our family on family feud. I think we do really well. Yeah. I should look into that. Um, oh, we need to wrap up this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, are you still here? Hey, that wraps up our episode for the Italian Mafia. Uh, join us next week as we continue with the second installment of the Maid series. It's called The Maddest Obsession. Very yeah. excited. 10 out of 10 book. And then after that, we will be doing another mini-sode where we'll actually be um, talking about the Russian mafia or the Bratva um, because the third book in the Maid series is about the Bratva. So join us there. Go ahead and start reading. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.